0: Welcome to the Weekly Benefit Roast, featuring Benefit Indemnity Corporation's president, Roger Bain. Roger has devoted more than 30 years to understanding
1: and developing innovative health benefits plans for large groups and groups as small as five employees. Our moderator is Bob Graham. Take it away, Bob.
0: Welcome to the Benefit Roast, where we talk about health benefits over a virtual cup of coffee, Hopefully you survived the St. Patrick's Day weekend, and now it's the Monday before the big basketball tournament. So I'd ask you to put your brackets down for a couple of minutes and not worry about St. Bonaventure or uh, Villanova. And we'll focus on some health benefits. Today we're going to talk about prescription drug sourcing, but first a little housekeeping. If you want to communicate with us, you can... Uh, Go into the chat box there and write your question or comment. If you want us to put you on mic, we can do that. Just let us know by saying you'd like to go live with us. And we'll get to as many questions as we can in the time we have allotted. I want to introduce Roger Bain, who is an expert on all things benefits, uh, health benefits. He's been doing this for 32 years. He likes to point out each week, so I'll get it out of the way this week. And he's also just really dedicated to finding the most innovative and creative ways to help small businesses and their employees and mid sized and large businesses and their employees get the health benefits that they deserve, whatever that means. So without further ado, Roger, why don't you start us off today?
1: Well, good afternoon, Bob. Thank you very much uh, and welcome everyone that's out there. We appreciate your attendance today. Uh, we're talking about prescription drugs and sourcing today uh, as we continue to move forward. I believe you can see my slides. Correct me if I'm wrong. Bob, do you see a slide? Yes, chain? we can. Yep. Okay, good. So prescription drugs, sourcing a better value. I mean, one of the challenges that we have in our talks and in all the work that we do in benefits today are prescription drugs in this country. We see it on the news. We see it in the newspaper, we hear about it constantly. We even hear the president speaking about it and and passing executive orders to force disclosure and transparency because the prescription drug issue in the American healthcare crisis is kind of a sub-crisis of its own. Uh, We have great challenges that we really need to try and overcome, so we're gonna get to that. So let's talk about where we get prescription drugs. You know, we have the good old-fashioned independent pharmacy that we've gone to for many years, and they've, they've grown into major chain pharmacies. Uh, many of them have, and they've now been bought up or included. Of course, you always have the discount stores, whether it's Costco or Sam's Club or all of the pharmacies located inside Walmarts and other type facilities around the country. You have mail order typically done through a pharmaceutical benefit manager, typically in a health plan. Sometimes there are just simple discount programs. There are telephone apps where you can log in for discounts and things of that nature. And then, of course, there are manufacturer's programs or manufacturer's assistance programs and different ways to achieve prescription drugs for people that simply can't afford them and need some of these expensive prescription drugs. There's international sourcing that we can work on today, which is a little bit more complex, but we'll talk about that some. And, of course, prescription tourism, where you actually travel to another country or another state or somewhere other than your home location to find the the prescription at a more durable and affordable price so that you can actually afford to get the treatment that you need. So there's a lot of examples in these and and we're not gonna go through all of the details, but we do wanna talk just in general terms about what's available and what you do to find these things. The, the, The root cause is the outrageous pricing. We're seeing specialty drugs that are just concoctions, oftentimes of a couple of normal, regular drugs that are pulled together and created into another one. I think in one of our previous benefit roasts, we talked about Duexis, which is a simple combination of ibuprofen at its maximum dosage and famotidine at its dosage. And the drug costs $2,300 a month. And it's really designed just to help protect the stomach at the maximum dosage of ibuprofen because some people cannot tolerate that dosage. So we compress the pills into one and charge $2,300 for something that over-the-counter might cost $7 or $8 a month. And and that challenge is huge. And so we look at drugs that are under patent and can take us on a ride of of pricing beyond our control um, regardless of what happens. We see it in the news all the time, like insulin pricing that has gone up some 46,000%. The EpiPen saga that we all saw that, that people apparently might even go to jail over and how the manufacturers adjust and amend and play with pricing. And then of course, there's more and more of those. So as we continue to look in the marketplace, we're all struggling to try and find a way to get a better value out of our prescription drugs. And so that's where we're looking today. And so the question is, what do you do? Uh, First, you gotta talk to your insurance professional. Your health insurance broker in this world today should or better know some of the avenues or some of the solutions to make sure you can find drug sourcing for your group and your employees in one of the more attractive ways. If he can't, then you let us know and we will find you one. And if we can't find you a broker in your area that really understands and knows this stuff, then we'll hook you directly up with the sources, some of our associates and affiliates that can help you find better ways to source your drugs. We have customers out there that are saving thousands of dollars a year and some tens of thousands of dollars a year, even in small group arrangements, just by getting a better way to find these prescription drugs and get access to them.
0: Hey, Roger, I've got a question from Tim sure. or a statement. He says that this sounds kind of shady when you start talking about all these ways to get prescription drugs. Nothing here is illegal, right?
1: No, well, there, there's nothing illegal about any of the work that, that we do, certainly. the And shady, I'm not sure why it would be shady to find a better deal. I mean, there are applications that you can download to your telephone right now, which will shop pharmacies just to find you the best one, just like Expedia might shop airfare and hotels. So I don't think there's anything shady about finding the best deal that you can get for these things. Um, It it certainly gets a little more complex when we talk about medical tourism and when we might need medical tourism over mail order. And certainly if we do international sourcing, then that's certainly an issue that is a little bit more complex. None of them are shady. But sometimes extreme causes do force us to go to extreme measures to make sure we find the best value that we can find.
0: Well, maybe the issue, Roger, that Tim's bringing up is the whole idea that you listed eight different places where we can get prescription drugs. And that seems quite daunting to contemplate. And certainly uh, I can remember a time where you had one choice. You went to the pharmacist in your local town or city. It's a lot different now. What you say?
1: Well, it, it is a lot different now, but but it's not shady. I mean, it's no different than the number of places you can go to gallon get a gallon of milk. Uh, the reality is there are just more retail outlets for prescription drug. And in one respect, we applaud that in that it breeds more competition. We know that some of those drug outlets are offering a certain number of generics at a $4 copay or zero copay and things that are below the health plan contributions just because the drugs themselves are inexpensive enough to have access to that. And they use that as a competitive means to bring you to their facility for your prescriptions instead of somewhere else. That, in a way, is good for the consumer. Uh, I think the one more complex element of the drug business that we don't have in a typical retail product like milk or bread or, or a sofa, and that is that there are these pharmaceutical benefit managers. And a pharmaceutical benefit manager that is attached to a group insurance plan most often is really, in most of our minds, designed to, to, to have the expertise, the knowledge, the capabilities, and the shopping power to bring you the best deal. And unfortunately, that's not always how the PBM contract is written or provided to a group or to a health plan. Oftentimes, that pharmaceutical benefit manager is also in it to make a markup on the drugs and to generate additional revenue. And there, I would say that gets shady. You have to be very careful in what your PBM contract says and who's getting the rebates from certain prescriptions and manufacturers and who's getting the appropriate discount. And when you buy a drug through a a firm that calls themselves a pharmaceutical benefit manager on behalf of your company health plan, do you expect them to be looking out for you to find you the very best deal or do you expect to have them paying the pharmacy one price and charging you another and keeping the difference? That's something you really do have to be careful about and because in my eyes, that is shady, but that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about combating that, making sure we have transparency in our PBMs and even making them a fiduciary when we can to make sure that their job is to manage your health plan's money to the best degree for the benefit of the consumers or the members within that health plan. That's a bigger challenge, and that's certainly important that we look to that. So I have a question on screen from Doug, and Doug is asking, do we have any good sources for Stellara? The manufacturer has a program, but the member does not qualify due to income levels. Um, And Doug, unfortunately, uh, right off the cuff, I can't give you an answer for that, but I will promise you that I will get you an answer back. Um, We may have someone on the call that may even have some information or know a little bit more about Stellara than I do. I'm, I'm not a PBM or a drug expert specifically, but we certainly have the sources to reach out and get you an answer for that. So I'm gonna keep your question here on file and make sure that we get you something. I'm confident that there are ways to achieve that, but potentially not directly uh, from your local pharmacy. It may even be a mail order type of program. So we'll get back to you with more on that. So thank you very much for your question, Bob. You had another question. Uh, I
0: did. Um, w- w- uh, I'm trying. I'm sorry. I'm trying to read it. I've heard about people going out of the country to get drugs. Can you talk about that a little bit, Pam asks.
1: Yeah, um, Pam, and and for everyone here, there's certainly a significant direction nowadays to see some prescription drug utilization done out of the country because the cost for those prescriptions in other countries are so outrageously different. So when we look at those things, we really have to take a good close look. We have some hep C medications now that are in the $32,000 a month cost for a regimen of two to three months. Typically that means we're looking at about a $96,000 price tag. They are drugs that are refrigerated and therefore can't typically be done mail order, and so they're administered in other countries. And it is remarkable that you can fly to another country, spend a long weekend in a five-star resort, fly back home, have your prescription from the same manufacturer out of the same box typically, administered, delivered, and come back home and save tens of thousands of dollars even after all of your travel costs are included. So, that's what medical tourism is all about in in the world, or prescription tourism is all about, and traveling to other countries. It is just amazing to see how our drug costs have gotten so out of hand. The same drug that I just mentioned, that's around $32,000 in the States, in Egypt is around $2,000. So, that, typically in other countries runs 10, 12 or 16,000. Egypt is even lower because apparently they have a hep C rating uh, or incidence that is very high and so the, the government has negotiated aggressively with the manufacturer to keep the cost down as low as possible in that scenario. So medical tourism makes sense and we're not talking about sending people to third world countries, we're talking about medically trained professionals many times trained in the U.S delivering those medications and delivering them locally with a much stronger um, cost perspective because of those pricing differentials. Kind of like international currency, right? We see all the differences in the price from international currency on a given day. Prescription drugs are almost always less expensive overseas or in other countries than they are here. And so we have some quality places to get them uh, when they're needed. And certainly it beats the alternative of not having access to the drug at an affordable price because that can be catastrophic.
0: And you went through this Roger in pretty good detail. As I recall in our third episode where you really broke down the numbers and why it is that way. I would encourage uh, anyone who's interested in that to go back and look at episode three or the podcast for episode three, because Roger really does explain why it is the way it is and how it actually works in much more detail than you did just now.
1: Thank you, Bob, that's a good point. And we have that all recorded, so it's accessible to anyone. So so yeah, that's kind of the, the perspective that we're looking at and, and some of the things that we look at. Manufacturer's assistance programs are of great value many times, but as, as one of our viewers, Doug mentioned in an earlier question, you know, sometimes those manufacturer's assistance programs will require a person to be of a very low income in order to get that assistance. So the manufacturer will help those that simply can't afford it, but won't help those that have the means or find the means to pay for it. And so it's an interesting situation there. I wish we'd find a way to get all of this more transparent and have everybody at a normalized price, but that's something we have to continue to strive for
0: so roger how much does a small business owner or manager really need to be paying attention to this or is this something where if you find the right broker and the right insurance relationships you don't need to worry about these things
1: well that's a really good question um and i would venture to, to say that there's a very significant reality that if you are a small employer in a fully insured ACA health plan, you don't have much or any control over this whatsoever. The only area where I would say you do have some control is if in fact you find a member on your health plan in need of a prescription drug and his deductible is too high for him to even be able to afford that prescription drug, then you may wanna look at prescription tourism. Um, as an option to get help for that person. Wouldn't help the health plan, but it very well might help the person anyway because it's just a very challenging scenario. Um,
0: it would decrease their out of pocket portion of it, right? Their percentage. Right.
1: It, it could considerably decrease their out of pocket portion a lot and just simply make it accessible at all when they might otherwise forego treatment for some things. And, and that's, again, never what we like to see. So that's the one area. However, at the same time, if that small group is in a self-funded health benefit plan, and and when we say self-funded health benefit plan, these plans are all very creative now, they all have insurance protection at different levels, and the reality is groups as small as five employees are using these creative funding mechanisms, and uh, the largest groups in the country have been in a self-funded scenario for a long time, so now anywhere from five to infinity it's potential that they really should be looking at means by which they're going to be managing their own costs on a better level and find out that they can put the savings in their pocket to help provide better benefits to their employees over the long haul. So, yes, small employers should be conscious of this regardless of their plan design and how they're built. But if you're in a self-funded plan or, or even contemplating a preferred risk scenario where you can find better rates, you're gonna wanna control your costs in that scenario as well. So, you know, find a broker, or make sure you get a new broker if you don't have one that understands these issues, and then ask about your prescription drug management program, what your plan or your PBM, and that's the pharmaceutical benefit manager, really does to help you in controlling costs, because that's an important component as well. And then stay in tune what's going on, right? Yeah, you see it in the newspaper, you see it all over the place. I was reading an article the other day about a drug for infant spasms, and it went from $40 a dosage to something like uh, $96,000 a dose. And there is a, a company actually suing the manufacturer for some of this, um, and, and their PBM actually, suing Express Scripts as well for not negotiating that on an appropriate level to get the best price because they're spending about a half a million dollars on this drug now that is infrequently used but now has gone up so radically in price that it's just crushing them. So one health plan with a very large, a larger group but represented one to 2% of their whole cost with a half a million dollars in drugs on this one medication. So it's just outrageous what we see. So you have to keep your eyes open and make sure that you don't follow blindly the into the abyss, what, where these drug costs are going and who's getting their kickbacks, or as the industry calls them, rebates. Um, kickbacks is a pretty ugly term, but frankly, rebates are almost synonymous with that, so you have to be careful that that's some of the uh, shady portion of the business now. Get advice, find that better way, because if you don't find the better way, we're never really going to get there. And the objective is to help you save money on every step of the way, however we can do that.
0: Roger, I've got a question from Raul, who's saying, why don't I just do insurance and not provide prescription benefits to my employees? Is that an option, and what would you say to that?
1: Well, that that is an option on one scenario. Um, if you do it right and you structure it right, under the ACA, you have 10 essential health benefits that you must provide under a qualified health plan. If you're in a self-funded world, you don't necessarily have to provide all 10. One of those 10 is obviously prescription drugs. So you could in fact provide prescription, prescription drug coverage uh, as a carve out or, or leave it out of your health plan, provide everything else but that. The challenge with that is who wants a health plan that doesn't cover prescriptions anymore? you know now you have a high level of employee dissatisfaction and potentially even a greater level of incidence of more severe claims and problematic care because of the failure of your employees to adhere to their treatment regimen for things like high blood pressure, cholesterol, diabetes and now all of a sudden relatively common ailments that are treated well with medication blow up into hospital stays and you've lost any cost savings that you anticipated by getting by not covering drugs. So I think there's a better way and the better way may very well be to work aggressively with a PBM that provides pass-through costs, provides clinical management, Provide step therapies and pre-authorization on prescription drugs to make sure that they are managing to get prescription drugs at the best cost possible, and and still deliver care to the employee population that you're serving.
0: This sounds really confusing, Roger. Well, I gotta tell you.
1: Well, it, it it's confusing in a lot of ways. Um, and and that's why we're suggesting you get help. I don't expect a small employer or even a large employer to have staff that are experts in pharmaceuticals and the delivery of them. And honestly, you know, you talked about my 32 years in the business, and and I still find the pharmaceutical benefit piece of our industry as the most difficult to understand and to navigate and to keep honest. It's a very, very challenging element of the business. There are two big challenges in our business today, and that is managing those costs and to make sure that we control costs of all healthcare providers, because we have hospitals sometimes charging a 1,000% of Medicare. So controlling costs and breeding transparency and gaining expertise is really, really important. Um, And just a quick aside for Doug out there that asked your question earlier, I have another member on the call that suggested that they do have solutions for Stellara outside of manufacturer's assistance programs. So thank you for that, Zach, and I will make sure to make an introduction with you guys uh, after the call so that we can help deliver some of that information. Bob, are there any other questions outstanding?
0: Uh, let me see. We covered most of them, I think. Uh, well, the big question, this comes from Katrina. If we can get drugs from another country, why can't the PBMs just handle it?
1: Oh, that's a really good, good question. And this kind of comes back to yours uh, about whether things sound shady or are illegal. Uh, and I wanted to get back to that. So I'm glad that question came up. The, um, The FDA has prohibited the importation of prescription drugs from another country by a business enterprise or or by anybody, but they have a stated non-enforcement policy for an American citizen that is purchasing drugs for their own use. So what that means is our pharmacies and our businesses can't buy drugs from Canada so they can get them at a better price and sell them at a better price here. They're all restricted and governed by the FDA. But if an individual needs a drug and wants to find it in Canada or New Zealand or another tier one country, and there are four tier one countries that the FDA determines are providing prescription drugs at the same or better quality than they are here in the States. And so you you can have confidence buying from those. But most consumers have no idea how to find that out and how to get there. So we have programs now that will actually counsel an individual and help that individual in finding access to a mail order program to get a prescription drug from out of the country. And that's probably what I'm gonna hook Zach and Doug up with at the end of this call, is the ability to acquire that drug from another source and whether that can be done through a group health plan or whether it has to be done individually um, are two different questions. Uh, Usually it's easier to do it through a group health plan where you have the funder of the plan, but we can talk about those details later on. In any event, the the point is that there are ways to get prescription drugs from other countries that are far more competitive and often, again, the same manufacturer, the same packaging, it's the prescription drug that you would get here, but you get it for less. And this is what President Trump has been shouting about from his political pulpit, as well as many others, for a lot of years we've been fighting this challenge. So let's make sure that we get all of the information so we have that at our fingertips, I even have one of my employees whose spouse got Lyme's disease. And her physician actually handed to her a pamphlet on getting this particular prescription that she needed through mail order from another country because it was so much more cost effective that way. So we see more and more of these kinds of creative alternatives. They're not shady, but they are innovative and you do have to work a little bit more to get them but they're out there and the savings is often well, well worth it. And that's, what, that's where it becomes real important. So keep in mind everybody, after this session, complete your attendee form. You got the link here on the bottom of your screen now. Remember we're sending everybody a $5 coupon for a cup of coffee. Um, so we would love to have the coffee on us for the next benefit roast so you can have it with you. If there are any questions, any concerns, then feel free to, uh, to let us know. And we have it from there. Any other questions outstanding, Bob? No,
0: No, I think that's all we have today. You covered a lot of ground in a very short time. So thank you very much for that. Appreciate it. And we'll be back next week with another episode of the Benefit
1: Roast. Very good. Thank you, everyone. Appreciate your time today to the benefit roast a weekly discussion sponsored by benefit indemnity corporation employers in a wide range of fields are using employer-owned health benefits plans to deliver better benefits to their employees at a lower cost learn more at benefitindemnity.co that's benefitindemnity.co see you again next week